got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah, and I've been reading all the war. Hey, Kevin Hill, what's up, my man? How you doing? Not a lot, Dooner. <laughs> Just me- ready for another great episode of Put That Coffee Down. I got uh, and we got the comments up, man. It's a live interaction show. I just had to turn my iPad yes. down because it's like when uh, you're on the radio and the person calls in, and you're like, "Hey, caller, turn the radio down. Delay over here, right? Turn it down. Yes. So, so yes. Get busy typing those messages, those questions, and send them on over via LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, wherever you're watching the whole game. Hey, by the way, a little cowbell for you. Happy anniversary to you. And uh, I guess happy anniversary well, to me as well. Right to you. Today is your actual anniversary, right? Yeah. One year, one year at uh, one year at, at Freight Waves uh, talking about, you know, learned a lot from sales in terms of like making processes, dealing with funnels, dealing with CRMs helped me a lot in making podcasts and these things so much the tune that I published 631 of these damn things over the course of the past year. That's amazing. That's like two a day, two a day, every day, seven days a week. Do you um, ever sleep? And you, you shot a great <laughs> video. Did you put that on LinkedIn yet? I did. I did. The, 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 the whole prep yeah. for the show. You got to get, you got to get hyped up before you make a sales call, before you do a podcast, you got to get into character and you got to get into the moment. And there's nothing like Terminator theme song and a great flashlight, darkness, putting your uniform on to come in here. You have your vest on. Yes. You have your hat on. Yes. Dressed You're ready vest. to go. Jamin Just says, like body armor. Mr. Jamin says, happy one year. Time flies wild. Andrew Fate says, congrats, Mr. Dooner. I guess it does, you know, except, and I would have said this would have flown by, and we talk about dog years at Freight Waves, except for the fact that the coronavirus hit, and now it seems like, I don't know, we, we've, been, <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time. It's like another time warp. We, we entered one time warp in Chattanooga in this building, and now we're in a completely different time warp, you know, wormholes in the universe. And it seems like we're packing decades into to weeks around here with this uh, coronavirus. Also, we got Chris Ulrich. We got Chris Jolly. Both of them are in the comments, and Jake McLeod is. Chris uh, Ulrich said, congrats, Dooner. That's B.A., which I think means bad ass. Uh, Chris Jolly said, glad I stumbled upon Freightways a while back. Love the content. And Jake McLeod, he says, what's your go-to hype music to get pumped? Wow, I mean, it really uh, really depends on the moment. But that Terminator theme, man, James Cameron pumping through the speakers was good. I know, right? I, I figured it might be Rocky, but Terminator was a great choice. <laughs> Rocky, I feel, I feel basic if I put Rocky on, you know? I, like, you yeah. got to raise the bar a little bit. I love Rocky, though. Rocky yeah. is one of my favorite all-time movies. It's one of the only movies that has ever made me cry. Really? Rocky? Yeah. just I, Not I, Old Yeller? You know what? I love the idea of just the underdog not being believed in mm-hmm. and then just knocking the shit out of people in the ring. Uh, the, uh, sorry. <laughs> out of the ring. Sorry about that, everybody. Cover your children's ears. Uh, to quote, quote time for you. So you, we do this every time, and this time I actually stole your quote. So go ahead and do yours first, and I, I added a bonus one. I know this is one of my favorite quotes. I went in last night to, to make sure I added this in, and you'd already added in. So great minds think alike. This is from, from Warren Buffett, and it's a very simple quote. Price is what you pay. Value is what you get. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's as true as ever, right? There's that meme on the, on the, that you see online where it goes, you, know, pick, mm-hmm. you can only pick two, and there's three things, and it's, it's price, 
it's uh, service and it's speed, and you can only pick uh, two out of those three. It, it's I think the reason why that meme is so successful, so popular, is because it's so true. It is true, and it's a battle that we all fight every single day. You know, in cells, out of cells, you can only have two of those three. Which ones do you want? Oh, Bruno DeLeo says, well, Rocky is a love story. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what gets me crying. And uh, Steve Rare, Yo, Adrian. <laughs> Steve Rare says, great stuff, guys. As always, developing a unique personal branding methodology is key to avoid falling in that pricing trap. Yes, Steve, we are talking about the pricing trap today. If you've been online, if you've been on any of the broker groups or especially the trucker groups, there's there's like a, a civil war going on in the supply chain right now. Brokers very upset about the depression and pricing rates. Uh, the, the, you know, the tend that we're looking at the reject volume spot market is starving right now. So people are taking their, they're undercutting uh, their neighbor and it's, it's showing up in the trucker's pocket. So we'll talk today about some ways you can avoid falling into that pricing trap and hurting partnerships on both sides with your carrier partners and your shipper partners because both are very important especially in more normal times they are very important and, and basically you know trucking and freight is a market-based economy it's a free market so these are market clearing prices so I, right now in this environment a lot of the economy is shut down prices are going to go down but that doesn't mean you have to play the race to the bottom you did you can de- defend and get a premium over the market rate for your service, your expertise, your brand, all of those things. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Matt Henning says, I thought it was a love story between Rocky and Mick. And you're halfway there, Matt. It was actually a love triangle. And uh, you could really see Adrian wearing that on her face throughout, throughout the film. <laughs> uh, hey, we have one more quote, like I promised. So this one is, and I usually do mine from movies, and this is no different. It goes... A bad salesman will automatically drop his price. Bad salesmen make me sick. And that Sam Stone is portrayed by Danny DeVito in Ruthless People. Hilarious movie about a guy who he's trying to get rid of his wife. this millionaire. She gets kidnapped and the kidnappers tell him not to go to the police or the media. So he immediately is like, wow, they've solved my problem. He goes to the police and the media and that kicks off the entire plot of that one. Yeah, there's like Judge Reinhold now. Right. So, so they were him and his wife had kidnapped Danny DeVito's wife, which was Bette Midler. And they have no idea how to kidnap someone or to hold someone to ransom. And he's partying the entire time. Bette Midler is kidnapped because he wanted to kill his wife anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great movie from the 80s. Great. I don't know if it's a romantic comedy or, or not. A black comedy uh, is what they call it. Uh, it's a black comedy. Yes. yes. Uh, Chrissy Lewis on Facebook, she says, happy 31st anniversary. This is actually number 33. So 32 was uh, this morning's Morning Minute, which you can find on Freightcast. Subscribe to that on your favorite podcast player of choice. And then this will be, when I publish it, number 633. Then Freightonomics will be, this is 633. Freight now is 634. Aaron Dunn says, what's the cowbell count? I can't count that high. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) let's see. Martin Mayotte says, he's got a quote that he tells his kids. If you can't find the sunshine be the sunshine, and then he says it's from Unknown, so he doesn't even take credit for it. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. <laughs> nice. Uh, so you put, you put a couple notes. Uh, k- kick us off. We'll, we'll, talk to, we'll talk about this question that you put out to the readers and, and some of their responses, and we'll talk about why we highlighted a few of these as well. Yeah, so uh, you know, it's all about differentiation, and there's so much about differentiation, competitive advantage. You have Porter's Five Forces. You have SWOT analysis. You, you have all of these theories of how to make yourself different, how to have a premium brand, how to be uh, to, to claim a premium price or low cost operator, 
uh, and business schools are, are filled with this, but it really boils down to, as a freight broker, it's hard to really have competitive advantages, especially if you're an entrepreneur in your own sales kind of book of business. How do you differentiate yourself against everyone else? And one of the easiest ways to do it, I don't know if it's easy, but one of the simplest methods is just to name it and claim it, right? So if you, if you look at Big Macs, right, there's Thousand Island dressing and, you know, uh, and bread and, and the hamburger. Nothing really crazy about it, but it's the same rep- recipe you can get in every McDonald's or, around the world, right? It's the same thing every time. So you have to have your own special rep- recipe of how you move loads, how you track and trace, how you service clients. And it has to be something in writing where you're not telling new customers or, or new prospects or, or customers, you know, you're not telling them how you're doing it, but it's this written process that's documented that you can show, you know, right? showing is selling and telling is not selling. So this is, it's important to, to have something documented that you can show and demonstrate your superior service. And then you have to execute it every single time, right? And then that's a follow-up. Yeah, it has to be something that you actually do and not something that you're just BSing about. But it's, it's got to be documented and it's a system that is it, successful for you and your clients and you can replicate that and scale it up. So Kevin, and that's, that's the best way that, that anyone can create a, a competitive advantage or differentiation today. Kevin, Ryan makes a great point here. He says the biggest, and he's going to be on the show later, we'll dial out to him, but he says the biggest issue in transportation sales is not starting with the customer carrier at the center of the sale. And I think this is important to bring up because when we hear these arguments about how brokers are destroying trucking and are destroying the rates, I think that we have to look back at the fundamentals of the relationship that's going on between a broker, a carrier, and a shipper. And that is that in in concept, in in a well-functioning supply chain or well-functioning ecosystem between all of these parties, the broker in a lot of ways is acting as a sales and marketing team for a group and a collective of carriers. And that's that relationship on that end. They're bringing you in sales. They're getting your trucks moving. They're filling capacity. And on the other end to shippers, you are providing solutions and you are saving them time from having to go out to 100, 200 different owner operators or or shipping lines. And especially if you're a smaller shipper and you don't have the, the TEUs on the ocean or you don't have the capacity on the land, you can't leverage. So you go to a broker who has who has already leveraged rates by buying capacity from their partners. I do know that that's a great point and something that, that we've been pointing out very recently since prices have been dropping and rates have been dropping is that you know 3PL is a third-party logistics provider and it's, it's geared toward the, the shipper voc- vocabulary of your, you know, they're outsourcing their, their shipping or freight functions to you, but you're also outsourcing yourself to carriers, you know, the smaller fleets, the, the owner-operators, who, you know, basically that they can't that they can't fill the sales force, right? That they can't fill the sales force. So you're outsourcing your services as their salesperson, and you know, taking a commission off that sell. There's nothing wrong with that. Jayden, you know, as long as you're fair to everybody and you pay pay the carriers well, they'll keep coming back to you. You know, and and that's just a, part of your 
special sauce. Jamin brought up a great point when you put this survey out there. He said, this is such a great topic because too many service providers say they have premium service, but then post loads on a load board and tender to the lowest cost call. <laughs> so from jump, there is a, a disconnect. You need to be specific and unique in the ways that you frame up what you do. And you know what? I, I was thinking about this on Twitter last night when I was doing some research on a few different brokers and a few different freight tech companies. And one thing I noticed was most of these websites, they looked almost exactly the same. Most of the copy was the same. It was just basically SEO terms arranged in sentences saying nothing. You're, you know, you provide the, the best service with the best people, uh, a picture of the ocean, a picture of the, uh, of a truck. Uh, you provide the best value and you vaguely move the globe's economy. So recognize this salespeople too. Your marketing team, especially in our part of the world, may not be that great. And marketing people right now, like boo, hiss at the screen all you want. But it's true. A lot of people join this industry in marketing are fresh out of school. They don't know anything about the industry. And they're just kind of repeating things that they think that they understand. But they make no sense to your customers or to uh, logistics professionals like us with experience who are trying to interpret what the hell you're trying to put out into the world. Yeah, and if you have a website and it has a European truck on it, uh, get it off. Get an American <laughs> truck on it. There, there's nothing worse than, than, than that. Oh. There really isn't. What if you're uh, so number one. <laughs> so that's number one. And number two is you see those with law firms a lot. I used to sell to law firms back in the day. And you see this. Uh, we, we practice every kind of law. We are the kitchen sink approach, right? We're good at everything. No one's good at everything. Yes. Pick a niche. <laughs> riches are where the niches or niches are the riches or riches are where the niches are. Uh, either way, you want to say what they say on the street. Uh, find something that that you can be good at, get better at it, become an expert at it, and that's where the, the the this documented process of you know when you move loads well, document how you do that, and you have to execute that every single time. But that's that's a process that you can name. You can name it anything you want to, right? As long as and that's where the marketing part comes in, marketing and sales part. You name it to where you can show clients and new prospects how you're different from everybody else. And it works. It's difficult, but it works. How do you establish that value? So there's a lot of salespeople, especially newer salespeople. They're going out there. They might end up on some sort of email list, and they're asked for quotes, and they and they that's that transactional business. I mean, first of all, I would say don't even go after that crap unless you have like I mean that stuff should be automated. That's the low margin. That's going to waste your mm -hmm. time. It's like the the lowest margin. The lowest margin business, you usually end up working with the worst partners because they are just out there looking for the lowest rate possible. They're the ones that are really driving down the industry, but it doesn't really behoove you as a salesperson to get involved in that kind of relationship because it can hurt two things. A, it's going to hurt you because you're going to have to go out to some carrier who's pissed off about getting a low rate, who's not going to provide the service that the shipper needs, mm -hmm. and the shipper's going to blame you, the broker, not the carrier for that bad service. So be careful what you pay for, and it goes back to that Warren Buffett quote about you know, price is what you pay, but value is what you get. And I don't know if you, if you, if you had the same experience, Dooner, but I, I learned very early in my freight brokering days that the lower margin I get, the worse the customer, the, the worse carrier I'm going to get, and it's going to take up ten times what higher margin clients because they have their, their their S in order, right? So they know what they're doing. They're they're willing to pay for service. Gives you enough money to pay for a carrier that knows service, and you don't have the exceptions drop through the floor, right? So the, the higher margin loads I always moved took the less amount of time, and and in some cases I just cut myself out altogether, and they just all communicated, and I collected the margin, which is the best of all worlds.
Uh, but, but the problem customers, they're going to keep you tied up. You're not going to be on the phone selling new business. You're just going this really horrible negative feedback loop that is transactional freight and try to get out of trans- transactional freight as, as quickly as possible. Joe Lynch from the Logistics of Logistics, he put this really no. well. He said, great topic, Kevin. Transactional shippers who want to find the lowest price for every load will eventually end up working with the marketplaces. He says, let them go work with shippers who want a strategic partner who is going to expect more value out of that. Look for a marriage, not a date. I 100% agree. And when I was working in 3PL sales, the only way to survive in there was in selling the freight the freight was like fine but that was the trojan horse to get all the other stuff like uh for for international freight it was getting the customs house brokerage putting insurance on there uh maybe doing some duty drawback maybe administering uh, a tms for them all these different ad value services for the broker is really where the money is and that's also where this disconnect happens that that brokers like this battle that's going on between the truckers and brokers and it sucks to see because truckers have this opinion that the brokers themselves are driving down the market but keeping these huge margins as if the rates have stayed the same, when the reality is that volume is what moves the money. It is. It is the volume is what, and the environment we see right now is like some carriers are going to take whatever price they can get to keep the, the the wheels moving, and you blame the brokers because you think that they're they're taking all the margin. But the same thing happens in the the brokerage world too, right? You're competing against other brokers on price, and the person who it's oftentimes we'll run it the cheapest, we'll, we'll get the business, and then you you fall into that transactional hole. And it goes back to the Jamin's point, too, is that uh, to differentiate yourself, a lot of times as a broker, you need to secure a, a core class of carriers. And until you do that, you're not going to be different. You can say you're different, and you're going to spin your wheels and make the same mistakes over and over until you actually – put in the, the work to operationally be different before you can actually sell as a differentiated or a competitive advantage of, of any means whatsoever. Jake McLeod, CCO at RPM, he makes a couple of great points in the comments section over here. First, he was mentioning, he was just calling back to uh, my comment about logistics websites, and he said they did a survey of them, and uh, what they figured out, one of, you know, man for your heart with all those surveys, uh, they found out that so many of them are completely generic, they're saying the same things, and I think they are, and I think marketing people, when they come on at a college and they join these logistics companies, they have no idea what's going on in the industry, so they go and look at some other some other person's site, and they basically copy each other. So you kind of have this telephone of logistics marketing where at the by the time it gets to this last site it makes no sense whatsoever and you're doing everything from blockchain to moving ltl freight and none of it makes a lick of sense he also says that there are some new sales reps and new brokers that are desperate to get loads booked uh, on the board and they will they will take those low-paying loads from the email blast and yeah there's always going to you gotta start somewhere there's always going to be the barnacles right there's always going to be the bottom feeders who are ready to do the cut rate loads and all that stuff and that's why it's paramount to create that differentiation, right? To to be able to add value to the service beyond just moving freight. And that comes from positioning yourself as a consultant and not a salesperson. You don't really want yeah. to present yourself as a salesperson because salespeople have a negative stigma, especially to the person you're trying to sell to, because there's an inherent thought that you're lying to them. There, there is. And, and basically, uh, Patty Hinojosa, hopefully she's, she's listening right now or she will at a later date. Uh, she is. She, really she said she me. agreed with you on the niche. She said, uh, oh, very good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say uh, she taught me how to quote your price and know your value and let people walk away. Because a lot of times 
they go through that same progression that that shipper will, right? They'll get the cheapest rate, get the cheapest service, uh, you know, exceptions all over the place, and they'll come back. They'll come back, but you have to stand your ground. Yeah, and Mike, you have to know your value. Mike Wilkes says uh, he's kind of echoing that. He says, unfortunately, most brokers do not understand the correlation between cost and price. And, and I think that and another thing that happens is when you are selling freight, when you're doing the brokerage game, you're fighting against people who are doing BS tactics, right? They are giving out quotes without accessorials in it, maybe without FSC. They're giving you just baseline quotes. And the person, but, and the thing that sucks is that if you want to be honest and you want to be, well, this is our all in rate with all these things included, it may not matter to that person at all because what they're doing is that CYA. They're covering their own ass and they're like, well, I went out to him. They quoted 1200. He doesn't end up paying it. It goes to the finance department. So he's already cleared of the transaction. He's just trying to get the freight moved. Those are the worst customers to deal with, though, because they don't care and they get taken advantage by those duplicious brokers. You do. And and basically, it's just a, it's a process. You, you learn as you go, right? You start on those load sheets and and basically, they're, they're hor- it's, it's horrible freight. You, you grind it out. You learn your lessons. And as long as you learn your lessons, you'll know eventually when you're on the phone with a customer or a prospect and you can smell the cheapness of them or the, the problems that might be associated, you can get off the phone. Because they're, they're usually the ones who will keep calling you back because they've burned through everybody else. Well, and they take advantage of you. So there's nothing, there's no better feeling that you have one of those customers. I had one of them that was, that was horrible. You didn't want to pay anything, you know, truck order not used. After about the third one in, in four days that he was like, I just want trucks that don't, that, that won't demand a truck order not used. That was the last time I answered his call. And he'd ring and ring and ring and I just wouldn't answer it. It was a really good feeling, actually. Ryan Schreiber said, be transparent. You are a salesperson. And he also says, think about Tommy Boy. I can take an S in a box and mark it guaranteed. Uh, and then he just became best friends with, with Jamin. So we're bringing people together in this comment section like uh, like <laughs> Mick and Rocky, right? Brothers shake hands. Don't shake I, hands. It sounds like Ryan can't wait to get on the show. He said, oh, Kyle Tyler says, love the vest, Kevin. And Chris Ulrich says, brothers, don't shake hands. Yes, very good advice. Not until, is. Not until it's safe to do so. Nick Dangles, to just put a, a, a point on this, he says, I think that partnership component you brought up is huge. Shippers won't pay more for just another vendor, but they will for a partner. The caveat I'll add is that you can't simply say you operate as a partner. You have to be able to deliver. And to do that, you have to be able to demonstrate that you add more value to the relationship than simply picking up and delivering loads. If you can do that, smart shippers will see the value. Get out of that transactional relationship. Stop dating, get married. And one thing that everyone listening can do right now to get out of that and to do exactly what what Nick just said is to have a process, a documented process that you can show, you can share, you can base content marketing off of it. If your company's not doing it, if your brokerage, if your your carrier's not doing it, do it yourself. Do your own special recipe, execute that recipe, and you can show that and you can sell off of that. And it's something that that, that you can do on your own right now. All it takes is a little creativity. Don't need any money, just just t- a little bit of time and creativity and your own resources and you can get to a better place. 
Devin Witt on Facebook, he says, no, brokers are thieves, just another form of legalized extortion. I'm glad he said that because this brings up this guy's great friend of mine, Christopher Martinez. He's a truck driver. He he uh, yes. he runs his own truck. He actually does his own cooking, too, and he he's going to be on one of these shows soon. I keep trying to get and him on He had on a here. great video today. I know, and you know what he's doing in that? He's talking about, and this is, this is the guy who's been skeptical of brokers, skeptical of partnerships, and he talks about, you know what? I reached out to Coyote in these tough times. I earned their trust. He, he took some initial loads for them. He kept coming back, and now he's seeing higher revenue, higher margins because they value him as a good partner. And I think the reason there's this disconnect is that a lot of carriers are living off load boards or these, these transactions, and they aren't creating these relationships, so they aren't bringing in the mm-hmm. value they are, and they are the ones who are the most exposed with their pants down when we get in situations like this, when that DHL pricing power supply chain index goes all the way down to 20 they are. They're, they're the furthest away from the freight, and it's not because it's their choice to be furthest from the freight. You know, it'd be like Christopher Martinez, build relationships with partners, get closer to the origination of that freight. The more money you're going to make. So if you're an owner operator out there, uh, you don't have the the time, resources to have a sales team. So use that broker as a partner and as your salesperson. Develop relationships with two or three key freight brokers out there and treat them like your, your outsourced salespeople have that mutual respect. You'll get it back from the freight broker and you'll make more money. Yeah. I mean the, 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 the carrier that, and the owner operator, the guy with a few trucks who's leveraging these relationships properly, these broker relationships properly is the one that is using them as they're intended, which is sales and marketing arms to help you fill capacity and keep your trucks moving. Those are the people you want to gravitate towards. And those are the ones that you really, really want to hold on. Those are the real value relationships. Um, it, it's tough right now because so many of these, I mean, some of these load boards that some of the rates we're seeing on load boards are terrible. Trucks are going to get parked. People are not going to have, Mm-hmm. jobs because of this but it's not that brokers are solely to blame because brokers don't actually create the volume that moves freight yeah and, and volumes are, are well down right now so that is going to crash the pricing uh spot rates are going down if you're living off load board uh it's going to be a very tough environment whether you're a freight broker or a carrier right now and it's all about you know your mindset too especially as a as an owner-operator, your mindset, if, if you think that brokers are ripping you off, then you're probably going to get ripped off because that's what you're expecting. If you think of freight brokers as your partner and your outsourced sales team, you're going to get better freight because that's what you're expecting. All, you know, a, a lot about life is just what you expect, getting your mind right. Uh, great comment, Aaron Moneypenny. He says, man, everyone just needs to hang on and it will get better. He's got the right mindset. Jamin says, preach, Dooner, spot on. Scott Watnabi said, he just noticed that there is a huge animal trap behind Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, don't uh, don't, don't lean back too far. You get caught in oh, that. Oh, there thing. is. And uh, new father, good friend of mine, uh, occasional Freightcaster podcaster, Henry Byers. He says, Add value to your clients through data and insights. Educate them on market conditions. Keep track of your metrics and prove to them why they are getting a return on their investment in doing business with you. Transparency and invisibility and visibility creates trust. Again, I mean, that's right. Like, don't just sit there and whine when you're not adding value. Think to yourself. Be, mm-hmm. Evaluate yourself as a salesperson or as, a, as someone running a truck. What kind of service are you giving? Are you just picking up a load and bringing it from point A to point B? Because anybody can do that. So don't sit here and cry because life is like didn't we quote rocky on this one life is yes. anything it ain't all sunshine and roses kid you got to go out there and take it you do you do and i henry byers is exactly right you market insights data 
create that for your customers, use data sources like Sonar to, 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 to position yourself. And, and you can document this, right? This part of your service is giving insights to your customers that they can't find anywhere else. Put your own spin on it. I mean, it's really everything is up to you. Everything is up to you. So you can make your service as premium as possible or as transactional as possible. It's, it's, it's all up to you, how you spend your time, resources. There you go. Hank Parsons, he says, you know, being quick and solving any issue that arises uh, at the shipper creates tremendous, tremendous value. And Hank Parsons is right. They, people want information at the speed of light. They want to know what's mm-hmm. happening, when it's happening. And a lot of times they understand that you don't have an answer, but they just want to reply back. Oh, we're looking into that. Oh, we're, we're, we're taking care of that for you. There's nothing worse than having to make 70 phone calls or sit on hold with all this anxiety about which shipment's coming there, especially if you're dealing with a ton of shipments. So realize that there's other people on both ends of this transaction. And the better you make them feel the better you're going to be valued. That's exactly right. You know, basically being a quick responder. You know, basically if, if your customers or your carriers are, are calling you, emailing you, respond quickly even if you don't know the answer. I'll find out. That's, that's an easy thing to do that to increase your value just, just right there. Should we bring uh, Ryan Schreiber out of the bullpen? I, I think we should. All right, he's from Carrier Direct. He does some stuff he, for them. Let's dial him He does, up. yeah. Carrier Direct, consultancy for, for transportation companies. Seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, ringing. Watch him not even answer his phone. I know. He's probably too busy on LinkedIn right now. I think he is. He's, just, he's making friends with everybody. He's telling me he's never heard about it. He told me he's never heard about Rocky before. He's never seen Rocky. He doesn't even know who Rocky is. He's not allowed to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. Hey, Ryan. What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. How are you? Introduce yourself, young man, to the people who may not watch uh, Great Quarter Guys, where you are uh, kind of like the um, third fixture. And Kyle Taylor wants a drum roll. I can yeah. do that. Hold on. <laughs> Boom. Look at that. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, Ryan, thanks a lot. Uh, Ryan Schreiber, I'm the director of engagement for Carrier Direct. Uh, we are a, um, I guess I'm just going to go right into my elevator pitch, huh? Should I just do that? Or should we let's talk about it. how I've never seen Rocky first? Uh, no, let's <laughs> right, do the elevator pitch. <laughs> oh, you want right, to do it? All cool. right. Okay, hold on one second. Right, I'll just go right, for it. Go. go. Uh, Ryan Schreiber, Director of Engagement for Carrier Direct. We are a technology delivery and management consulting firm focused exclusively on uh, freight and transportation. Uh, so we uh, we work uh, with trucking companies, intermediaries, and transportation, uh, excuse me, uh, trucking companies. I fucked this. Oh, I messed this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pressure of the background music. Uh-huh. But we work with uh, technology companies, transportation providers, and shippers exclusively in freight and transportation. Ryan, did you hear about that so, lady? Who, you know, uh, did you hear about that lady at Walmart who pepper sprayed the people who tried to get into? They weren't social distancing. They were trying to get in the elevator with her. That was kind of like how your pitch no. went. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really bad. I'm actually like. I'm actually a little bit embarrassed. I mean, I do that like probably 15 times a day. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's because you let me out of my great quarters guys page that I, uh, that I panicked a little bit because sooner like, you know, this is, this is the first time since Freightways live last year that, that you've really, you, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the pressure's on elevator. Pitch. 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh man. Woo. It's hot. So 
No, you, thanks, yeah, thanks for having me. Guys. But here's the thing: your 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 own personality, like it doesn't really matter what you're saying because half of what I'm listening to is how you're saying it and and your own personality. And even though you screwed up, it made you human. And if I was on the other end of that call, I would have been like, "Yeah, I still want to talk to this guy because he's kind of making me laugh." And it's it's human to I screw up. So, <laughs> well, no, I mean, people kind of act like they get so up in their head, right? And they and they think way mm-hmm. too much about it. And the the thing is that people are reading your cues all the time, whether be in your voice in your in your eyes in your in your gestures and if you put out this that you are self-conscious you make other people feel self-conscious and nervous and their reaction to that is to be re- to be repelled you know what is the breakdown between along. verbal and nonverbal messaging I, I can i can never remember the stat but it's mostly nonverbal most of your communication oh, is I, nonverbal I mean, in my experience it's definitely in my experience it's definitely mostly nonverbal you know that goes along with the lines of my comments in the comments section around uh around like you're a salesperson just like just be who you are i mean i asked my wife one time why she married me and she said like the reason i married you is you are who you are and you don't really care so like own it hey i messed up i messed up my pitch like let's just press the reset button right like uh you know you can make mistakes it's what you do after you make the mistake that's important and like and how you deal with it right so that's why tommy boy that's why tommy boy is the best salesperson of all time because once he became comfortable with that you know, he just he just leaned he leaned into it. Yeah, I think one thing that sometimes people forget, salespeople, is they also they get so nervous about their pitch, right? They memorize all this all this crappy dialogue, right, that they wrote out that does not sound natural mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. And they don't give the person they're talking to, the most important person in the world, that prospect you're talking to in that moment, the chance to talk. It's like a terrible interview. They don't give the other per- they don't put any breaks in their sentences to let anybody else speak. So that's when you really lose people. It's not it's not screwing up the pitch. Yeah. Well, it's also like, you know, if you aren't listening to the other person, you need to tailor your pitch to the other person. I mean, there are three or four key points that you need them to know, but the most important things that you really need them to know and how you craft that pitch in that moment is to speak to the things that they've talked about. You guys know that I customers the most important thing, like start with what they want to know, right? And, or, or start by finding out, figuring out what they want to know. So that when you go through your 27 seconds, you hit those highlights, you put the emphasis there. That's sales. Sales isn't convincing somebody to do something they don't want to do. Sales is taking them on a journey with you. And you need to know what journey they want to go down or what, what, what their adventure selection is. Do they want to go to the, do they want to go to the wild west park at West world or do they want to go to the India park at West world, right? <laughs> see, you see, I oh, haven't seen Westworld. He's seen. He hasn't seen Rocky. I haven't seen Westworld. Maybe we got to do a double feature together. I have seen Sonic the Hedgehog, though. <laughs> uh, by the way, Greg Trout. Uh, Greg Trout. Oh, man. <laughs> Greg Trout on Facebook. He says, "I agree. As a broker, we see more and more carriers that want to live on the load board and not create relationships." Ryan, chew on that one. You know that is, uh, uh, God. You know I-, I posted this also in the comments. I'm going to go back to a couple of my my, my greatest hits are in the comments. <laughs> the interesting thing that I've always, I've always, I've said this, I've said this my whole career, and I try and impart this on our clients now, especially the, being an intermediary is that you are uniquely situated to take advantage of something that doesn't happen very often in in like capitalism, where premium service of, from your vendor also intersect with lower cost. Backhaul carriers provide you the best service and they also are more cost effective. So your 
what I describe as the cost of service, which is what Kevin was talking about, your low margin customers, your, your low margin carriers are the hardest ones to deal with. That's a cost of service because it's an opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Backhaul carriers lower your cost of service. And, 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 and they are also the most cost effective. Um, you're doing yourself a disservice if you just live off the load board. You are increasing your cost, making less money to your bottom line. By the way, jo- uh, Kevin, Joseph Landry, he's a reefer LTL mm-hmm. carrier at DTS Logistics. He says, check out this stuff by Robert Cialdini, C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I, on nonverbals. It will change your sales game. So good recommendation. Maybe we'll check that book out and give it out in the future. As you guys know, we give out a book at the end of the show. We do. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So it's in the comments. Because I'll, I'll forget that name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just circle back. I know you do, though. See, one of the no, things. One of the things is you are a complete player in this. So we do this show, but we also go back and we look at the comments that everyone put here. If we didn't connect with you, we mm-hmm. uh, we either shout out to you on the show or we bring it into our shout out doc. And at the end of the show, we'll mention that you had some great stuff. We love the insights here because this is a very much to crowdsource show. And one of the ways we do that is through surveys. Right, the power of surveys. You love putting these things out there. Uh, You've made me an addict of surveys now. Ryan, what's your opinion of surveys? It all depends on what your sample pool is, but I, I definitely think that getting information from folks in a way that allows them to be uh, like vulnerable without consequences definitely gives you better information than putting people on the spot sometimes. Good stuff. So I we- like it because it's great content. It's great content yeah, it's great. that you, sh- you can share and talk about, write about, make videos about. I, it's something that, that anyone can do, any company can do, right? Survey your customers, survey your carriers. Yeah, be close to, I mean, you know, the number one thing when I said, uh, I said earlier, right? Like start with your customer at the center of the journey. Like that starts by asking them questions. And if they can do that through a survey and, and they can be vulnerable and they can give you actual constructive feedback, like that, that's putting them at the center of the journey and then iterating from there. For us, mm-hmm. we're, we're practicing what we preach, too, is, you know, our, our customers is the audience of people who are listening. This is a free show, but we want we want it to reach as many people as possible and to scale out as, as possible. And in order to do that, we have to do some market research and we have to have some market data, just like you guys should have if you're brokers out there or you're a trucker or whatever you may be, who, whatever you're trying to sell, get as much data, you can, current data, too. You don't want to go off a survey from 2016. I don't want to go off a survey from January of 2020. It was a completely different world. I want to go off a survey that was just this week or recent and it, it's touched into the mindsets of how people are operating and the troubles and the conditions that they're facing today yeah it goes to measure measure the make sure you're measuring the right stuff like if you're if from 20 you know the first week of 2019 is nothing like today the first week of this year is nothing like today so if you're measuring against that you're measuring the wrong stuff do you guys want to look at some of these measurements we do? Let's go through the survey. Let's walk everyone through, everyone in the audience, too, and on LinkedIn, Facebook, viewers who are listening, uh, people listening to the podcast. We sent this thing out. They go out every Tuesday. Right, Kevin? And then uh, we, we yes. calibrate the results. We put it out today. And then there'll be an infographic that the lovely Emily Ricks puts together on Thursday so you can see all of the results because we typically don't get to do all of these. But the first one that we put out there was, how important is it for you to take action now on your own with no guidance from your company to differentiate yourself and gain pricing power? And no surprise, guys, 70% said extremely important. But my question to you two is, why do you think that that is so high? Why do I think it's so high? Because I think most of the people who who uh, who responded to the survey watched the show. So they, they take yeah. a, 
a great interest <laughs> in. I, I really do. I mean, because I, I'm kind thing, of disheartened uh, yeah. uh, that, you know, somewhat important. Mm-hmm. And, and basically we don't have, we, we don't have the, the other taglines for those qualifiers. It's not the company's responsibility. It's great if your company does, you know, basically take action to do this, but it's, it's up to you. It should be a hundred percent. Martin Mayotte, by the way, he said surveys are great for controlling the dialogue. And we've we've talked about this on nearly every episode of the show is having a reason to reach out to a prospect or a customer or to circle back or that dead lead in your CRM because you know what they do. And you now have some information that's going to be relevant to them. So the only other part to that is lets you control the dialogue, but also bring them relevant information that they'll care about, because if if you do, they'll listen. And, and Duna, you just said it just a second ago. How many times do we uh, – this is a, a focal point. We use a survey to, to pump out content, right? We use it in the show, before the show to get people to respond. During the show, after the show, we have the infographic, and it has a life of its own. It just gives us a reason to, to keep posting. Ryan, the second, the second survey question was when you hear your quote is too high, what is your normal response? And uh, I'll let you break this one down. But number one, this was also a very heavily weighted one. 70% said, ask where do I need to be to win the business? And I absolutely hate that answer. That's a question you should have asked before you even quoted the business. Like, hey, you know, what, what, is, what is your pricing like? How are you guys, you know, uh, how important is price to you? Where, do I need, where am I going to need to be to win the business, et cetera? When I first started that uh, in the brokerage game, that was the last question I asked. Now that starts to be one of the, or that started to be one of the first questions that I asked. I, I like to say towards the end of my time working in brokerages, I hadn't quoted a load in a couple of years. A customer would tell me where they needed to be, and I would uh, like, and I would figure out whether I could get there or not. But ultimately, like there, you don't always have that opportunity, right? Like you don't, uh, especially if you're quoting. Uh, contracted business. I go back to the things that we talked about in qualification that mattered to them. I didn't, you know, I did my job in the sales process of understanding the customer's needs and, and putting them at the center of that journey. So I don't necessarily go directly back to like what it takes me to build this quote or like what the standard services are that I perform for every customer. I go back to the three things that they said were most important to them above cost and map that to how I'm going to get there and how my price affects that. Yeah, because if you do it afterwards, Kevin, would you agree with this? If you do that afterwards, if you, if you give someone a quote and then you go, well, okay, where do I need to be to get the business? You're telling them, you're, you're basically saying, hey, I'm putting, I'm putting X amount of margin in there. Now let's play a guessing game with each other. You're literally setting your own pricing trap. You, you are. You, you are the, the kidnappers and ruthless people, right? <laughs> you're, you're bad salespeople. Uh, and then we've all been there. I, I've done it many, many times. So where do we need to be? Uh, but, but you are – you're stepping right into that trap, the, the, the trap mm-hmm. right behind me, this bear trap uh, that will grab your ankle every time. And you know, I, it you, just you, comes you, with confidence. Go ahead, Ron. No, sorry, buddy. You guys have experienced me enough to know that I got a, I got a lot of confidence, right? And, and so – you know, I would, I would say to my customers, tongue in cheek, all right, great. Well, I'm not the cheapest. I'm just the best, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not the cheapest. I'm just the best. So if, if when that person lets you down, go ahead and give me a shout. The best bit, and, and my philosophy was always the best business was the business that I didn't win because I was going to lose money on it. And whether mm-hmm. that was raw dollars money, like, hey, I paid more than I, or to your point, Kevin, from earlier, the opportunity cost 
around, I'm not going to be able to make additional sales. I'm going to have to spend mm-hmm. a bunch of time babysitting this load. Like that all costs me money. That eventually makes me lose money on a shipment. I don't want that load. Yeah, it brings down your ceiling, your, your earnings potential. Yeah. Mark, yeah, because you're spending your willings uh, on bad business. Mark Horowitz, hey, dr- director of sales yeah. at RPM, he said, if your customer does not offer you a target rate, you didn't ask the right questions and do not have a good enough relationship with them. So, yeah, I mean, that should tell you that if, if that's what's happening, you have to work on the relationship there. You got to bring some more value. And maybe it's not you're not the stage yet where you even need to be moving their loads or getting their business. You need to create that relationship. So at the end of the rainbow, you can land on that pot of gold. And, and, yeah, and that's true. And, and it goes back that's to basically oh, go run. Yeah, that's just true. I just want to kind of call out really quickly that that's truer in transactional business than it is if you're trying to sell the big enterprise contract business. I, I think you need to look at your you need to look at your business like a stock portfolio, or your your book of business like a stock portfolio. The contract business is that steady like long term investment, and then the spot business is the like the higher risk you know day trader type business, and you want to have a mix book of business on the contract business you still need to be able to like qualify you still need to be able to point to the five things that are going to really like make a difference for your customer that are that are more than price that go into how they make their routing decisions because again even if those contract customers are like nope cheapest price is what's at the top of the routing guide that that business is not going to be any good for you sorry kev go ahead oh no no, no worries it kind of goes back to uh, no matter what you're selling, it's always good to lead in with the price. This is what it's going to cost or, or determine that. Uh, and then you can build value up to that. But if you wait until the end, mm-hmm. and I, I fall into this trap a lot too. If you fall into the end to, to really discuss price, then you don't know if you built that value up to exceed the price because value has to exceed price for people to buy. Kevin, Jonathan sure. Payne in the comments, he, he, he he's echoing our points here. He says, what's your budget? We'll eliminate the BS out of the gates. A real estate agent doesn't ask your budget after showing you million-dollar homes that, that when you're only uh, willing to spend $200,000, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a waste of time. So you have to establish some value out of the gate so you're not wasting either party's time. This is important on both sides of relationships. Always remember this is a relationship. Speaking of, the next question is, how do you position yourself as a premium service provider to defend your pricing? We had three top answers here. They were build my personal brand, develop a network of carriers for reliable capacity, and create a defined process that builds value and you can sell to your customers. Kevin, what do you think? I, you know, I, I think uh, I think it should be a combination of every single answer on that. If you're not doing every mm-hmm. single thing, at least a little bit, then you, you're, you're going to miss out. So you have to build your personal brand, but you still have to read sales and negotiation books and the camera's not on me, so I no reason to hold this book up. Uh, but, you know, generate freight market. You have to do all of that in, in some respect. And, and when you get really comfortable with it, it all blends in. It's one task. Yep. It's one task to do all of that. I couldn't agree more. I absolutely could not agree more with Kevin. Like you guys in the first episode, you guys talked about getting value, uh, giving value before you ask for value. Like you talked about building relationships and in episodes since then, like at the end of the day, people do business with people they like and people they trust. You get people to like you, you by leading with empathy and building a personal brand and letting them get, and then you build trust by like, by having some of these other more tangible things there. I totally agree with you, Kevin, that once you get to the stage where like, it's all just one thing and it blends together, um, 
and, 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 and they buy from you because they believe in you and they like you. And you have to keep getting better and upping your game. Guys, Brad Reinhardt, he says, uh, mm-hmm. it's getting hard to explain to carriers that as brokers, we are fighting for anything we can to get them to and to help them understand how the rates have changed over the past couple of weeks. They need to see the real-time rates and not go off Dat's two-week-old information. This is correct. I mean, I, I know that personally, we share some of our stuff, especially if it's it's about the market and we're leading on the market because we're using sonar data. We put that on some of these Facebook groups with the truckers. If they don't like the news, they're like, oh, that's just ridiculous. Go and yeah. read the cash yeah. report from January. It's not January anymore, dude. A black swan event happened. This is old data. Brokers are, are dealing with a current market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's absolutely true. I re you know, Craig put out a great article talking about how the spot market doesn't tell you everything. And, uh, and it, and it's true. I mean, you know, that data has always been, it has always been in arrears and it's always been old. They have to do it now or it has to be very now. And, and, and that, that goes back, you know, that, that comment about, Hey, we're struggling to have our carriers understand. I don't mean this by any disrespect, but like to, to the, to the gentleman who posted it, but like that's, so I think some of the carriers that, that they're working with, if you have that constant communication with carriers and you have that like dialed in carrier network right now is the time to focus on your top 50, hundred carriers and making sure you're getting them as much volume as possible. And like they understand already that you're that you're doing everything you can to scrap scraping cloth. Yeah, you want to refocus on the funnel, right? If these are your partners, if, why would you want to work with a bar, a business partner who doesn't understand the business, right? You're wasting your time. Find find better partners within that funnel because these guys, as someone in the comments mentioned earlier, they're living off the load boards most of the time anyway. And then when they want to deal with you, the broker, they're just going to give you a headache. And this, there's plenty of smart mm-hmm. truckers out there, plenty of smart carriers, but the ones who are constantly gumming at brokers, and I don't say this because I'm trying to defend brokers. I'm trying to talk about the reality and be as impartial as possible. The reality of the situation is that if you don't want to use brokers, then don't work with them. Go and be your own sales and marketing team. Yeah, it's going to cost you a lot more than what you uh, pay a margin to a, a broker every time. So, and that's the reason why uh, a lot of carriers rely on brokers because they they are they're outsourced sales. And if you don't have a good relationship with your outsourced sales people or any outsell, you're going to have an antagonistic relationship, and you are going to have bad freight, cheap rates. But anyone who doesn't understand that the market spot rates and the market is tanking right now is going down fast because large swaths of the economy or shut down, uh, how do you, well, why even talk to someone like that? Guys, the rest of this, the rest of this uh, infographic will be out tomorrow. We are running a little bit short on time, but Ryan, before we let you go, before we get to shout outs, we ask this question every week we have since March 25th, which is, are you concerned you may lose your job due to a lack of sales or an economic crash? And this had gone down, right? The yes uh, has was over 40%. It peaked. <laughs> On April 1st, and then it went, it was going down over the past two weeks. It was getting down to 30% on the 15th, but now it's spiked back up. So it seems like the longer this persists, uh, the more nervous people are getting. Ryan, how do you feel? How do your customers feel about some of their staff, that kind of thing? You know, that, that's a, like a, it's a really great question. And this goes back to, I think a lot of this goes back to like fear takes over when people don't have all of the information. Like there is a very real possibility that like that, that people will lose their jobs and people already have lost their jobs because of this. And certainly like I may lose my job. Y'all may lose yours. And that's the unfortunate reality. But organizations that like, that treat their employees with empathy and are talking to them about, you know, what the, what the situation is, like what, what the financial situation is, 
what events might transpire that will make them make these decisions. People like that, that solves the fear problem. They aren't afraid of whether or not they'll lose their jobs. Like they understand that they've got to continue to do their part and the business has to make, you know, we'll have to make tough choices. So there are certainly people out there who are um, um, doing a better job with that than, than others. Um, and it's unfortunate. I mean, it's definitely an unfortunate reality that we're, we're in. Ryan, stay safe and healthy out there. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I wish we had two hours, man. Too. All right. Take Me it too. easy. I man. always do. Bye. Cause I always love hearing from Ryan, Kevin. I do too. I, I just too. Let's give a couple. Even late at night, random text messages. <laughs> <laughs> They're got, always entertaining. We got a little group <laughs> chat. I like that you can do the group chats on the on the iPhone. Uh, the one that you, you, me, and him have going on is. Oh, I know, uh, right? It's comedy gold. Um, <laughs> it's it's our. I'm not going to say industry has talked the right, but you know, it's, it, you get to have a little fun offline in that one. Yeah. Uh, shout out to some of the people in the comments we didn't get to: Scott Watnabi, uh, Hank Parsons, I think, uh, Gregory Grimes, Matt Henning. Uh, Thomas Smiley, all great comments from you guys. Allison Coons, Jonathan Payne, Chris Ulrich, we shout out Chris Jolly, Don Davis, Mark Hurwitz, Jake McLeod, uh, Jacob Reed. One gentleman here, he said, I'm trying to find it. He said, this is a great show. He just started listening. Oh, Victor Leone. Victor Leone, freight broker at Freight Connected Logistics. I'm a new broker. I have 11 years of customer service management experience, and I'm looking to bring that service for both carriers and shippers. Really enjoy and learned a lot from the show. Thank you, guys. No problem, dude. Some other ones were Ernie Valdez. He said, good show, right? Ernie Valdez is with WFX Logistics. Raluca... Oh, man, I'm going to murder this one. Pascu, right? Marketing communications manager for Alcoa. She said she was doing research on trucking-related podcasts, and I found myself learning a few things. What an unexpected source to learn uh, about content creation. I loved every minute of it. Great job. And, Kevin, this is what we always talk about, right? Solid fundamentals. These are fundamentals that apply not just to sales because everybody's a salesperson and not just to freight because, uh, like, we – I think I said this backwards. uh, Not just to freight to all aspects of sales and maybe all aspects of life. Yeah, you know, basically there's, uh, what do they say about negotiations too, right? We all do negotiations and we negotiate every single day. We're selling every single day, negotiating and, and sales are basically the same thing. Grace Corby helping 30% of the UK's fastest growing businesses transform their supply chain. She said, hey guys, I listened to your podcast for the first time today and really enjoyed it. Thanks for putting that out there. Grace, thank you for reaching out to us. John Piper market development manager at peak trailer group he said uh appreciate the content guys looking forward to freight waves live that is going to be may 5th through 7th by the way no registration required just go to freightwaves.com check it out put that coffee down we'll definitely be emanating from there we'll probably be talking about how to network virtually because it'll make a lot of sense to talk about that it will yeah so that'll definitely be the topic for uh at home uh, let's see what else we got here. Casey Metcalf. Did she add a little bit more? She yeah. said, nothing specific. I'm new to the sales world, and I'm just trying to gather information, absorb as much as I can. I appreciate the education, yet fun approach you guys take, and look forward to your content. Absolutely. Sales can be a very uh, depressing game. It's one where you take a lot of losses, so it's very important to keep your head up and keep your mentality good, because if you come in depressed or you sound like an Eeyore, no one on that other end of the phone is going to want to listen to you. You're exactly right. You got to be authentic. We were talking about it earlier. You got to be authentic, upbeat, drive value. Casey O'Donnell, director, new business development at Fox Logistics. Thank you guys for the great content. He loves the podcast. Our homeboy, Adam Robinson, congratulations. He just started up director of product marketing at Turvo. He was with Sarasis for a long time. He Mm -hmm. says, the drip marketing you guys all do on social platforms, bravo. I noticed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we tried to incorporate in this show to be sort of a living example of a lot of the things that we're talking about, especially in terms 
of using content and content marketing and surveys and, mm -hmm. and um, addressing your audience and knowing who you're talking to. Exactly right. We, we do it every single day to promote the show. Emiliano Ramos, Timothy Duner, Kevin Hill. Thanks for the shout out, guys. Keep killing it. Uh, please add them to the book drawing list. You are on that list. We're going to draw it in just a second. David Vickerson said, I listened to the episode of Put That Coffee Down. Love them. Keep up the great work. Kevin Ilsom, he likes. Destiny Jimenez, we love her. She's in the comments today, I believe. I just didn't get to her because we had a lot of content in this one. She mm -hmm. says, I ask, is my price the highest or am I competitive? Uh, smart move. She's just doing some litmus tests in there. Um, as we mentioned earlier, maybe the best approach to this is to do that whole realtor approach and just find out what someone's budget is before we mm -hmm. even start getting into the traps, though. Uh, Jonathan E. said, uh, the first responder from a shipper is typically, we're fine with who we have. Try asking the question. I appreciate that you're fine, but if you could change one thing about your current carrier broker, what would that be? Just get them talking, right? That's just another yeah. question to just to just pull a little bit out of them. Just pull that taffy. Sometimes you got to stretch. You do. you got to pull information. Uh, basically... You share information, you get information. Those are, are two great sales calls right there, especially getting that information. Dakota, and you can use that for that person or the next person. Just learn as you go. Dakota Williams, uh, Calvin Sachs, Calvin Easley, Ryan Williams, our own sonar sales, event sales, sorry, at Freight Waves. Uh, shout out to him. David Michener, sales director at Jorston Transportation Services. Leslie Vincent, Josh Kale, uh, Christopher Martinez. We mentioned him earlier and, and how his example of being a driver formed a relationship with Coyote and is now reaping some of the rewards yes. from that. Jordan Rice, he, uh, he did something kind of cool that we have both experienced where people have sent us examples of swag of some of our shows. He sent me a t-shirt. He said, I hope you're doing good. I listened to What the Truck. I, I love the logo. He actually sent me nice. a picture of the t-shirt on there. I know someone had reached out to you and done the same with put that yeah. coffee down shirts and if you're looking at gregory grimes right now he said we need some freight wave swag over here so uh maybe that'll be in the pipeline soon enough maybe so i'm looking forward to that also last so, year martin mayotte oh. uh amy quick business development executive of intelli magic she also reached out and, and and said love the show so great stuff we're gonna draw a book what's the book the book uh, this week is how to win friends and influence people <laughs> it's a classic everyone should read it is the backbone of all business self-help books. Dale Carnegie. Okay, I'm going to do a random number draw now of the yeah. 42 names that are on this list. Now, if you're already on the list, or you're not sure if you're on the list, just leave your name in here and say, I want to be in the book drawing. It's that, it's that easy. It is, or, it is that easy. Or send a message to Kevin on, on Kevin Hill on LinkedIn, or me, Timothy Dooner, that's D-O-O-N-E-R. Leave a comment on any of these things. Just say, I want to be in the book drawing, and we will put you in there. And this is what's going to happen. I'm going to roll right now. All right. There we go. A little off on my timing there, too. All right. We have number 20. And who is number 20 on this list? It is none other than Catherine Lewandowski. She's the lucky winner this week. Very good. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Congratulations. <laughs> and so, wait, she won. What did she win? Or what's the book we're giving away this week? Well, she won this one. She won the, the book we're yep. giving out this week, Del Carnegie. The next drawing is for Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers. Nice. This is all about people who are different, how to differentiate yourself, how the outliers, people that you never expected, achieved great things. Calvin Sachs, Scott, so Calvin Sachs, Scott, Finlayson, Don Davis, and Trey Griggs. Shout out to you guys, too. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the live show today. As we mentioned, you can subscribe to this show if you want the audio version, you want to listen to it while you're, you're getting out of quarantine, taking a walk around the block, getting some fresh air, or, or listening to it on your, I don't know, 
your speakers at home. Uh, go to Freightcast. Subscribe to every single Freightways podcast there, or every single Freightways podcast is there. Or if you just want this one, subscribe to Put That Coffee Down. It's completely free. It's on your favorite podcast player of choice. Go on Freightwaves TV. Download that app. That's free. You can watch all these shows or on YouTube. But, I mean, the best way to do this is to join us live every Wednesday at noon on Facebook or LinkedIn and leave the comments here and help us build this community. When you look at the show notes here, we have that Glengarry leads list. The Glengarry leads list is just all the people in this community, all the salespeople who want to reach out, collaborate, uh, do some collective learning, all that stuff. Uh, make sure to add your name to that. I think we're up to, uh, I don't know, 150 or so there now. So good stuff. Any parting words, Thank Kevin? I, I don't think so. I think it was a great episode. I, I think sit down, concentrate on what you do good and be able to sell that. Sounds good, guys. I Everyone out there, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless. We love you. Hit the music, guys. Roll the tape and uh, get us out of here. 